Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Nick, as always, our podcast is sponsored by the good folks at Athletic Greens. Athleticgreens.com backslash emerging. Best place to go for that nutritional health. But you know what? I'm going to do something different here because this is like a 90s infomercial. I'm Ron Pupil right now, and we have a walking testimonial of how good Athletic Greens is for your immune system, your gut health. And his name is Nicholas Saveri. Nick Saveri, tell the people how good Athletic Greens has been to you. It's not good. It's phenomenal. Oh. Um, recently, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't drank a whole lot lately. You know, raising two kids, obviously, you know, you can't wake up hungover anymore. I'm I was going to say, man. Yeah, I was going to say, you should be drinking more. But, but, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> there's that too. But right. uh, one of the things that's great about Athletic Greens, of the many great properties, is restoration. You know, the other day, it was Father's Day weekend. My parents were over. Had a couple of glasses of wine, you know, you know different than normal lately. Um, next day, I woke up and you, you could feel it. Again, 40s drinking, not the best. Right. And yeah, I had my shot in the morning. Again, it's just, you know, you got the little spoon that comes in the bag. They make it super easy. Eight ounces of water, or in my case, I actually between eight and 12 ounces. Anyway, right. um, you just drink that empty stomach immediately. The, those effects that we know all so well since our 20s, gone. Gone. Wow. No headache, just felt recharged. That with my cup of coffee, like you're just good. You're good for the day. So, you know, the properties in Athletic Greens have always been helpful. I'm almost done with my first bag. I'm excited to get my second. And we've talked about packaging before, the colors, the sp- you know, the spoonful. It's it works magic, honestly. See, that's a testimonial right there, folks. If you're asking yourself, what is Athletic Greens? These guys talk about it all the time. Athletic Greens with one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing, just like Nick gave you in that example, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that are going to help you start your day right. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, the energy, recovery, focus, and aging for our over 40-year-old Nick Saveri with two kids chasing them around the house. Folks, listen, right now it's time to reclaim your health, armed at immune system with a convenient daily nutrition just one scoop and a cup of water. The man just told you. You don't need, you don't need to listen to anybody else. Nick Saveri just told you. That's it. No need for all these different pills and supplements out there. And to make it easy for listening to this show 
and being a loyal listener. Can we please talk? Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, five free travel packs with that first purchase. All you have to do, we've said this a bunch, go to athleticgreens.com backslash emerging, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G, to take advantage of this amazing offer and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast. I am Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Saveri. Happy 4th of July weekend. If you're listening to us wherever you are, hopefully at a barbecue, hopefully by a pool. And if you're at your apartment, that's fine too. You're on a long drive. I hope you're staying safe with you and your loved ones. Nick and I, we're kicking back today talking about a couple of different things. We're going to do a little round robin here, talk about President Biden and what his speech entailed last week, uh, talking to NATO allies, Supreme Courts, saying the federal government's got no authority to govern, states can do whatever they want. Nick and I are going to discuss all of that. Uh, but first, I say hello to Nick Savary. Nick, how are you, my friend? How's everything going, man? I'm good. Yeah, 4th of July, we're just hanging out here, just you know, enjoying the heat, <laughs> trying to get into the pool as much as we can. That's, that's really it. I'm four, I think about four weeks away. No, three weeks away now from my first flight, you know, since the pandemic started. So just getting ready for that. That's yep. basically it. Told you, Be, get ready. Make sure your those flights aren't canceled. If you're out there traveling, if you had flights canceled, if you've been flying on American, it is it has been a bear. I know people that have been going through it on the delay front. Can't imagine what it's looking like for people flying on the 4th of July weekend. Um, I'm doing good. You never asked me how I'm doing. You know, people have said that. Eh, how come you didn't ask me how you're doing? I was like, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll ask him next Yeah, that's time. a good point. We usually cut, we cut back to you and I, and I safely assume that you'll transition us into just how you're doing personally. But that's that's good feedback, yeah. folks. I appreciate that. With right. all that said, to my partner, Mike Leon, I go back to you. How are you doing, sir? I'm not doing good. Uh, I got COVID. I, you know that. I'm, I'm, over, I'm over here. I lost like seven pounds. <laughs> For the people that that have not that know much me, weight to lose. Good, good, good. It's gracious. not. I know. Well, you, you know. look like Dalsam from you know Street Fighter. <laughs> you got night sweats, man. That's what happens, man. All of a sudden, I'm waking up yeah. in the middle of the night. But it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's been a it's been a little bit of a of a challenge. I won't lie about that. Uh, luckily, obviously, we all know how Nick and I feel about vaccines and and booster shots as well, and we've gotten all those. So I'm I'm on I'm on the rebound though. But the first couple of days, I, I I won't lie, I was freezing and and hot all at the same time. Like I'd never experienced such highs and lows with with uh, body temperature before. So it's like one second I was like I'm I'm freezing. Get me out, you know, every blanket in the world. And all of a sudden, as soon as I put them on, I'm sweating through them. So it's pretty funny. But uh, I, I like I said, I'm on the mend. And Fourth uh, of July is just staying away from everybody. So <laughs> we are here at home as well on the Leon household. All right, Nick. I was thinking about this when we were uh, thinking of our first segment here, right? There's a bunch of topics. I just You're not going to bring up KD again, are you? No, I'm not going to bring up Kevin Durant. Right, gonna bring, we're going to lose the people that don't watch sports. Um, what do you want to talk about? Because, <laughs> I mean, literally, I mentioned those topics. We don't even have to do. You know, the Supreme it's, Court it's, is, is making up stuff left and right, interpreting things. I figured we'd go there. I and, would, and, I would, and I will hold you on that. Okay. Because I don't think this necessarily. This is interesting. I don't think it's necessarily. We'll begin here then. So what we're seeing with these recent court rulings, you know, most recently we saw the EPA's power basically get cut down 
you know, by the court. Obviously, we know what's going on with Roe versus Wade, the recent Second Amendment uh, decision that directly impacts, um, you know, open carry laws in New York, yep. uh, which will also be affecting other states. Um, the decision in Maine as it relates to school funding. Yep. And what all this is t- starting to tell us, at least the theory I'm going to put out to all you listeners, is that now I said last time, you know, ranted and raved about the value of voting. But what the court's basically saying is get it done through Congress. Stop assuming that the court and the Constitution are going to protect you. Because many of these things, what you know, what the conservative justices are basically saying is this isn't in the Constitution. That's Thomas's entire argument about Roe versus Wade. And many critics will say that if you're interpreting the 14th Amendment to the letter of the amendment, there are many things you know that could be debated, such as interracial marriage, which will directly affect someone like you know Clarence Thomas, uh, myself. Um, and so there's, there's that tension there, but what this is inviting though, for all of us as, as citizens is the recognition that we're going to have to get stuff done through Congress. And that's, I don't know. I've been in an interesting place of, is that right or wrong? I, I morally oppose the government stepping into not allowing a woman to have control over their, over their body. I think that's ridiculous, but if this is a matter of that, Congress needs to step forward, then absolutely it needs to. And I saw recently, you know, Biden made that comment about, you know, moving away from the filibuster, which is funny because it's not going to happen because you have two people in your own party that won't, you know, really allow that to happen. And they both but, said so right yeah, after I, those comments. I think the court's basically doing what Robert Mueller actually did. You know, Mueller's entire investigation <laughs> leads us to a conclusion of, well, we've done our part. It's we're going to kick this now to another organization or another branch of the government. And the court's basically doing the same thing. It's saying, listen, we do not have a law to land on this. Congress, you, Congress, you can get you get to decide. Right. Well, let's break down a couple of these Supreme Court decisions, because I, I think it's been fascinating about how back and forth some of the decisions side one way. Some, like you said, return power back to the states. Hey, this wasn't in here to begin with. Let's go recently with the EPA ruling that just happened, because we all live on this planet. This one affects all of us. And the U.S. is the biggest emitter of carbon emissions, right? Globally. So if you don't know what we're talking about with this Supreme Court's ruling last week in this case of West Virginia University EPA, um, take a listen to this summarized over on NBC News. The Supreme Court, by a six to three vote, has ruled that the Environmental Protection Agency does not have broad authority to try to set national energy policy by encouraging industries to uh, switch to cleaner sources of power generation like wind and solar. Uh, This is a six to three ruling. The Supreme Court says that Congress did not give the EPA that broad authority, that the EPA's authority is limited more to trying to restrict emissions from specific coal burning power plants. More, more on that because, you know, leaders obviously in West Virginia, which is one of the biggest producers of coal out there, and the coal industry was really happy about that. They welcomed the ruling. President Biden said this was another devastating decision that aims to take our country backwards. And he said he will continue to use his authority when possible to protect public health and address climate change. Uh, power plants account for roughly 30% of carbon dioxide output. So this was by the way, it was a 6-3 ruling about the Clean Air Act, which you heard there on the NBC News report. Uh, the EPA passed this back in 1970 when global warming was little known. Uh, and they've obviously had agency powers to regulate certain things, you know, from a federal level and kind of 
overstep states when they feel necessary. The Supreme Court also, in a counter to that, on the same day, uh, gave President Biden a victory by uh, ending the remain in Mexico policy, which was a lower court decision that favored Texas and Missouri, that, that migrants that were seeking entry into the U.S. had to stay in Mexico as they awaited hearings. Uh, a 5-4 ruling, the Supreme Court ruled with, with Kavanaugh and, and Justice Roberts uh, coming over with the liberals. Uh, it, this Supreme Court has been funny to me. Uh, return women's, you know, kind of remove protection for women's rights, reproductive rights at a federal level, take it back to the states. And I get your high level point. The problem is you get into how this will affect now voting in these states. Like that's going to be the big thing. You know, all these campaign dollars that different, the DNC threw in Kentucky to try to get the challenger to, I believe now it's Rand Paul, but before it was, you know, Amy, Amy McGrath, Amy I think McGrath right? yeah. yeah, that mm-hmm. she was challenging Mitch McConnell and everyone was like, that's not going to happen. Well, now, you know, unfortunately, because or maybe fortunately, you know, that these things are being returned back to states' rights. And the states, are, you know, you want to have legislatures that have your best interests at heart, right? Not ones that are going to remove some of your rights. Um, something came down recently on a lower court here in, in Florida where uh, the, the abortion ban that Governor DeSantis was, you know, getting ready to introduce, I think it's a 15-week, uh, one of the lower courts stopped that here. Now, where does that case progress from here? Obviously, right? Like, we need to see that. But this is what's going to happen now. Now, you're, I, I think you're running into... You might as well do it in terms of a a legislator writing a law and trying to get it introduced and wait for the challenges because the court's in your favor if you're a Republican side. Or on the other side, I don't know. I have no idea. I I don't know. I'm like I'm like stumped at the duality of some of these decisions. It's almost like the the Biden one is like the Remain in Mexico policy one is like throwing a bone to migrants. Like, hey, you know, we took away women's rights at the federal level. Why don't we just throw them a bone at this point? Yeah, it's also speaking to that. You know, I mean, one of the key the part of that decision is that basically, you know, the justices are arguing, you know, what um, those in favor that you know federal immigration policy can stand. So in this case, if you have a new president who wants to undo the previous policy, that that's fine. Now, again, if you have a, uh, a conservative or a Republican uh, president, then this is going to come back up. And what's going to be basically happen is a game of ping pong. And I, and I imagine immigrants pay attention to that, you know, depending on who's in the White House. Um, there's a really helpful article for anyone who's curious about the, the political breakdown or political leanings of the justices per recent cases. This is from from the Washington Post. Uh, and it's a really handy tool just to go through individual cases and just see who voted for what. Uh, but Mike, to your point, you know, what we're seeing, the Second Amendment one's especially interesting because it seems like the argument there as it relates to like New York's laws of, um, you know, restrictions on open carry is that we're going to hold the Second Amendment sacred. Now, of course, on this show, we talk often that the Second Amendment, for the most part, gets misconstrued because of that very important detail of a well-guarded militia. Of course, there is a court ruling that also speaks to the right to have a gun in your home, which seems to be the argument that is used to push back on the idea of a regulated militia, because there's precedent that says you have a, the right to a gun in your home. And you know, now that's basically being associated with the right to have a machine gun in your home. But you know, as I was saying, you know, this comes back to individual states. And now what's funny is you're seeing justices, I think even in Texas, I think that the law that you know Governor Abbott is trying to push down 
you have a just you have a judge that's saying hmm, we're not ready yet. So abortions will continue currently in the state of Texas. So this is going to keep cycling. And as you were saying, depending on who your governor is, once it eventually gets back to the state at a state mandated le- or a state level, ultimately the governor will likely have power, or the state legislature would. And that seems to be what I think the court is setting up for what essentially the way America in this iteration of the court, it's going to look like that the Supreme Court will not establish quote unquote laws of the land unless it's explicitly written in the Constitution, which as we talked about on this show, was written by predominantly men, not predominantly, entirely men. <laughs> so, and written, you know, 200 something years ago. So we're always going to keep butting up against this. Liberal justices are asking for the argument of in 2022, what does it mean? What does his interpretation mean in the modern day? And where's that space of considering what you know these laws were originally put in for, or these amendments were put in for? Whereas conservatives will say, well, what was written back then is what we observe now. And I think that's that's the challenge of America. You know, those who want to continue the country to operate the way it currently does, and then many of the other side that say that the original design of this country wasn't for women and people of color. So why are we still holding to you know, holding to some of these practices, that tensions playing out in the court, and currently the way things are going, you know, we're seeing a conservative bend. And again, this is all legacy due to a previous president who was able to get three justices in. Again, and I will say this to all of you: elections matter. Yeah, I find it incredibly fascinating. Like some of these, it's funny because I'm thinking back. We had Mike Emanuel back on. I forget at what point last year. When the Supreme Court had like a week with a bunch of different rulings, one was the nil with the name, image, and likeness that got returned. You know, I think that was like an eight-one decision, and then there was two other rulings that I, I forget that everybody was kind of up in arms around that same time, and it was like, but the court is like counterbalancing the way they're doing some of these decisions, and now what we've seen happen over the last couple of weeks, you know, we didn't even touch on the New York one. I know you touched on it right now, but I want to get to. President Biden, if you're listening to us on this holiday weekend, and you didn't catch what he said at the NATO summit last week because the president was out there meeting with other leaders as they were trying to welcome in two other countries into NATO, Sweden and Finland. Uh, he gave a speech about you know everything that Putin's doing out in Russia, obviously with this invasion into Ukraine, and he announced some different measures that they're going to be doing. With you, with uh, American troops stationed overseas, take a listen to what the president said uh, last week, if you didn't catch this. We've reaffirmed that our Article 5 commitment is sacred, and an attack on one is an attack on all, and we will defend every inch of NATO territory, every inch of NATO territory. For our part, the United States is doing exactly what I said we would do if Putin invaded, enhance our force posture in Europe, We'll station more ships in here in Spain. We're stationing more air defense in Italy and Germany, more F-35s in the United Kingdom. And to strengthen our eastern flank, new permanent headquarters for the Army 5th Corps in Poland. Nick, Army 5th Corps in Poland. You, uh, you registered? You, you, read, you ready to go out to Poland and uh, defend us over there? Listen, my, my, my wife's half Polish. I got, I got, go. I got, to, I got to take care of my, you know, my daughters are, I forget the math now, like a quarter yeah, Polish. I, I guess so. Yeah. I got to, I got to protect, I got to protect their, your ancestors. Right. Yeah, uh, you go. I thought you were in education, man. You got, you got to know yeah. the math right down there. Anyway. So, um, but, <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, well, I was paying more attention to, you know, we've got presence in, in the United Kingdom. Like that's, right. that's key, right? That's right. You just basically outline a game of risk. 
It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like we're placing yeah. troop deployment, you know, in these strategically places per, you know, places in Europe. But, um, what do you think? What do you think yeah. of what President Biden said? Because he was also and we're, and we're going to play another clip uh, he, at one of the pressers there. Right after that, he took questions. And it, it looked like they were already pre-plotted questions because he was calling on the reporters themselves from cards that he had uh, mm-hmm. ready to go there. But he was asked about some domestic stuff, which, I mean, obviously some world leaders have been very vocal about what's been happening domestically here with us. But what are some of your takeaways from President Biden going out there, talking to other NATO leaders? We know what this is all about, right? Obviously, this summit is is a, a direct correlation to what's happening with the invasion into Ukraine and Ukraine begging to become a part of NATO and, and you know, Russia trying to whatever the hell they're trying to do out there in that in that eastern part of the world. Um, what were some of your takeaways from listening to President Biden there? I, I feel sorry for him. You know, you're in a situation now where essentially the world is recognizing the U.S. as a country, as the emperor with no clothes on. You know, when you look at these policies around abortion, around guns, many parts of the world, the rest of the world, seems to have a plan for these things, a plan that seems sensible. <laughs> but our country's design right now, you know, takes us through this, takes us through a cycle where we look backwards as a country, you know, for for our standing economically and militarily to be a country that powerful that will not, you know, at a national level guarantee a woman's right to choose. How in the hell are we leading anyone? Well, we can't get that one right. How in the hell are we leading the world in anything? Yeah, when we're still allowing 18-year-olds, now no longer, now up to you know, 21 over with a bill passing, to have access to a machine gun and to be able to go into a movie theater, a school, a church, you name it. What the hell are we leading at this point? So I, I, feel, I feel sorry for him. At the same time, I would also say as leader of also your party, this is embarrassing. Yep. You know, some people have made the point that uh, this is some Democrats, according to sources out there, not from me, have privately complained that President Biden doesn't appear willing to fight as hard for domestic priorities than he is for, say, the Ukraine. Um, we've heard, you've heard well, that talking point wise. Uh, let's get in a, a Democratic a person in here, uh, Nick Severi. <laughs> no, sure. Well, I mean, I think it's easy. Funny enough, I think it's easier to have a stance at the international level. You know, short of war, a president can say a whole lot of things, right? You're not running into a situation domestically where you've got two senators who are basically stonewalling you on trying to end the filibuster, you know, in Senator Manchin and um, Senator Cinema. So within your own party in this country, you're struggling to be a leader because you certainly have a progressive wing of this party that's openly furious about what's going on, and rightfully so. And at the same time, you have a moderate side of the party that doesn't seem to have an identity. Mike, you and I have texted, I'll take you all through this as listeners and viewers of the show. You know, we've texted a lot about democratic messaging. And over the last week, you know, with what we're seeing with the Supreme Court, what keeps coming back at us is what in the hell were the Democrats thinking by not codifying these things into law when they had the opportunity to do so, you know, in terms of having uh, the majority in Congress. Just never did it. You know, the, <laughs> this foolish faith that the court will always protect you while not recognizing as vote democratic voters that you need to keep showing up to make sure you don't have this happen where justices are turned over or you're having someone like Trump being able to get three justices through the court. That's an amazing. That's an amazing accomplishment. It's something I imagine Mitch McConnell every night 
prays to whatever version of God he prays to and says, thank you. While he may not agree with Trump on many things, at least they agree on the fact that they want to get a conservative slant on the court. So right now the party looks in shambles. And I say all this to people who have criticized me as being a little too left-leaning. And honestly, I, thanks for listening. Don't really care <laughs> what your assessment is of what way I lean. Um, but it is fair. I, I do tend to be a little less critical. Uh, but they, I would argue, is the party that's certainly less problematic. Uh, if you're a woman in this country, it ain't the Democrats you're going to worry about right now. Um, let me, let me, let me interrupt you there. I th- first off, Mitch McConnell has publicly, I think he just said it the other day or two days ago, uh, that it's been like a dream of his to not only block Obama's pick, everybody's heard that part, but like the fact that he's gotten three justices. So I don't even know if he's privately dreaming about this. At <laughs> night. Like he's publicly out there saying it. So um, and the, that's the first part. The second part was something that I shared uh, with you that I saw on Instagram that both we both were like, wow. And I would love to get people's feedback on this. Email us at canwepleasetalkpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't seen this meme that's going around, it's not really a meme. I think it's just a quote. And this one guy goes, uh, the, this is the analogy he gave about Republicans and Democrats right now. Republicans are like the Ovalde mass shooter and the Democrats are like the Ovalde cops. And when I thought of that, I was and like my now, phone when you said that, when yeah, you said that to me, I just thought that that was spot on. It was like, um, and, and not to equate what the Republicans are doing necessarily to, to murder in some instances, um, I mean, although taking away abortion rights, you could say could lead to people dying that that may need one, you know, to save their own life. Jesus Christ! Um, but the, the just a comparison and and the fact that Democrats are now in charge and can't get aligned on just doing one simple thing, a filibuster. You heard I, I said it. I said it before. Cinema and Mansion already came out as soon as the president said those those comments in Madrid. Maybe within an hour, and both were like, "No, no, no, no." We still believe in bipartisanship, even after all of this. So, who knows where that moves from there? Uh, listen, it's a holiday. You've listened to us enough. You need to go back, grab your cerveza. Look, there's January sixth stuff. There's a post Roe v. Wade world. What does it look like now? We can worry about that in a couple of days. All right, we got a new episode coming out next week. And we're going to have somebody from Planned Parenthood coming on the show. We're going to talk all about that. I want people to get back to the barbecue, the grill. I want to get back to my cough medicine. And yes, and Nick, Nick Saveri has one more point before the people go back. <laughs> I, in the I, would, I would offer something to also note, you know, recently in the news, we saw that in Michigan and Ohio, the response, uh, and Mike, Mike, I sent this to you earlier, you know, the response right now, it's the recent decision about Roe versus Wade. Um, people are just taking to the streets. You know, trying to recognize at the state level the fight that you have to do. You're currently in the state of Michigan. You have laws on the books that Governor Whitmer is trying to not put through. You know, they're trying to fight those laws from coming back um, regarding the restriction of abortion. And you have voters coming forward and trying to put forward in a way or in a way to vote to make sure publicly that this doesn't come back. That's the right attitude to have. I would offer all of you as you're sitting back and relaxing recognize what the court is telling you is that you gotta make you gotta make hay at the state level so join me pay attention to your elected officials get active make sure you vote primaries in november be cognizant talk to friends about it you know social media is cool and all but social media isn't getting things done through the court yep all that's getting edited out the man is right uh but do that right after that third or fourth modelo 
and you, you flip the burger, you put a little bit of cheese on it, get the ketchup. You've listened to us. We thank you for listening each and every week. New episodes coming out. Uh, in the next one, like I mentioned, somebody from Planned Parenthood is going to be joining us on the program. Nick and I will discuss with her, Kate Smith, the fantastic senior director over there, what they're doing state to state to help people to get access to abortion as a healthcare right. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to this program. As always, I am Mike Leon. Stay active. Have fun. <laughs> Enjoy your fourth. Hope you are enjoying your fourth rather. I'm Nick Saveri. See everybody next time. for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.